0: and welcome to the bleacher connection i'm ken
1: and i'm trevor
0: and we just want to start off with saying that this is our inaugural episode on the unhinged sports network and we're excited to be part of it Um, yeah we're
1: really excited to join the team on the unhinged sports network you know a bunch of good guys talking sports well what could be worse
0: yeah i mean i think we could probably fill in you know several hours of doing that we tend to do it throughout the day anyways but uh Yeah, definitely excited to be part of uh, Unhinged uh, Sports Network. And uh, this week, we're just going to start, we're going to talk about some free agent signings that have happened in the NHL over the past, well, a little over a week now that free agency has been open. Um, Just want to start off with, if you do have any comments, feedback, things you want to hear, you can find us at, uh, we now have a Facebook page, The Bleacher Connection with Ken and Trevor. So we can find us on Facebook. We have our Twitters. I'm at the BleacherCon Two. And I'm at the Bleacher Con one. And I uh, just also want to throw it out there. If you uh, if you want to hear more of what's on the Unhinged Sports Network, give them a follow on Twitter as well, at Network Unhinged.
1: There's some good stuff on there.
0: So this week, as we said, we're gonna talk NHL free agency and kind of what's happened over the last uh, week and bit here. But uh, as always, we're going to start off with uh, our That's Off side. So, Trevor, do you want to take us on in?
1: Yeah. And this is kind of a uh, our That's offside this week's a bit of a, a two pronged That's Off side, where we're going to look at some player reaction and team reaction to kind of some of the things that have gone on and, and kind of how it rubbed us the wrong way. Um, the first piece we want to start with is. The Chicago Blackhawks, and more specifically, four members of their core in uh, Taves, Kane, Seabrook, and Keith, vocally unhappy with the direction of the team and getting rid of some of the players that they did this year. And they were kind of putting the ownership on blast for making these moves. And to me, I just, I don't get it.
0: Yeah, I think it's not just the players that they let go. It's the lack of really bringing people in. And I think for that, you have to look at the top four guys that are there and they, they're not, their contracts don't allow for a lot of movement. Now looking at uh cap friendly, they, they only have maybe 5 million in cap space, 5.2 million in cap space available right now uh, with three ro- roster spots to fill. They're at 45 contracts, but they have Seabrook, Keith, Kane and Taves at 41% of the cap hit right now, 33.375 of 81 and a half belongs to those, those four players. And I mean, let's those face guys it. are
1: past their prime.
0: Yeah. I like
1: it's, it's terrible cap management. Now they had their day in the sun and I'm sorry, like every good dynasty, I guess you could almost call it. it it's going to dissipate and sorry, Jonathan Taves, you're in the middle of that right now
0: yeah taves 32 Kane's 31 not not old in hockey terms but when you're looking at duncan keith at 37 with three years remaining on a five and a half million cap hit um seabrooks 35 with four more years on a 6.875 like those he even, can't
1: even stay he can't even stay in the lineup anymore
0: no and they're like he's they may get cap relief because he's technically on the IR right now. But if he's healthy come season, you know that's him and Andrew Shaw, ten point seven five million million on injured reserve as of right now. Um, so they may it's get the, some cap relief. But it's the price you pay for
1: winning. And I'm sorry, Chicago, you're you're paying that price right now. And oh, it's yeah. it's you've had your day in the sunshine. Time to move on. You got to deal with it. You don't like it. Ask to be traded. And yeah. that leads me to the second part of our that's offside. And that's guys who didn't ask to be traded or, or in an organization where they're just freely trading good players. And that's the Vegas golden Knights who, for some unknown reason, have had success since day one, but they never feel like it's good enough. And they show zero loyalty to any of their players. And they'll go out and trade guys for the sake of trying to bring someone better in. And I get it, but you're not a team that's struggling. You're at the top of the league every year, and you're showing absolutely no loyalty to any of those guys that got you there. And I I don't like it, and I do not understand it either. It's crazy.
0: Yeah, I. this is a team that... <clears throat> is now a million dollars over the cap, which means someone else is going to move. And it is going to, to have it make sense, to have to give them any kind of wiggle room, it's going to have to be a guy on a bigger contract, which means it's going to be one of their top players. Um, yeah. you know, and a Nate, lot of
1: those guys have no move. And so it's going to be, if it. If I had to venture a guess, it's going to be a guy like Alex Tuck, yeah. who's just under $5 million but has no trade protection. Well, and he's, he's a under, great player.
0: And he's under contract until... Uh, 25, 26, so you're getting a good player at a good cap hit for a long time if yep. he is on the market. But you're looking at another guy that was mentioned through trades was Alec Martinez. Um, Paul Stasny was traded. But you're going to be looking at guys that are – have. I mean, when, you say, when I say day one, we're talking three years. But Ryan Reeves, does his 1.75 get moved? William Carrier. You know, there's guys on here that are making smaller contracts that you can move out to – make room but to really be in a comfortable position and fill the spots you still need to fill and Alex Tuck, uh even Shea Theodore, Brady McNabb, Nick Holden, these guys don't have um any kind of clauses that make it harder for them to trade. Like they're in a situation they have 12 million in in goal. Uh, well the they Gansler they cap. tried
1: to move flurry but teams understand they're in a, a cap bind and so they said no. And yeah. I get it. Yeah it, I mean I the- I don't understand that I I don't I don't like the way this team treats their players. I know it's a phenomenal place to play and players will always want to play there, but just there's no loyalty. And whether fans liked it or not, the sword through the back from Alan Walsh on Marc-Andre Fleury during the playoffs, you know what? It does hold a lot of merit right now. I didn't like it at the time, but it's true. It's an organization that literally shows no loyalty and stabs their players in the back all because they think there's a shinier penny on the market that will make them that much better.
0: Yeah. I think there was a, I believe it was a rumored deal. I want to say, I think it was with Washington, but I can't remember exactly who it was, but they were talking where Max Pacioretty's name came up as part of a, part of a deal to head out there. So that, there's a guy they just picked up and now they're looking to potentially move him for something like, as you say, shinier. Um I'm not going to complain too much because the Canucks picked up Nate Schmidt for a third-round pick. Uh, yeah, that's a win in, in my books. And oh,
1: absolutely, it is. But it's I would have started me, at a fourth. To me, I, I just I I don't get it. And that trade right there leads perfectly into our discussion of wanting to talk about some of the major free agent moves. And both you and I want to start with the Alex Petrangelo signing in Las Vegas. Um, it was a seven-year, eight-point-eight million-dollar deal, but They had to move out a ton of cap space to sign this. And Nate Schmidt was casualty number one of that. And uh, a division rival of my team, the Flames, got a a great number two defenseman, signed long-term as a result. And in my opinion, I don't know that Vegas actually got that much better. Like, Petrangelo is a great player. But is he that much better than Nate Schmidt? And is he worth $3 million more in cap space than Nate Schmidt, I don't, I don't personally think so. I think they didn't need him, but they did it for the sake of doing it because that's what they do.
0: Yeah, and I think, I mean, you said you called Nate Schmidt casualty number one, but I, I think he's the second because I, I think the Paul Stasny trade was also to make yeah, room very fair. for for Petrangelo coming in, and I agree. I don't think they got better. This is a team that has gone to the Stanley Cup final in their first year um this year they were in the, the conference finals again this is a team that is not struggling to go far in the playoffs um, they're a juggernaut, you know yeah i think I, I i told you earlier on in the playoffs like during the um i think it was during the qualifying rounds that i figured it would be colorado and vegas fighting it out for the right to represent the west in the in the Stanley cup um if it wasn't for injuries i probably would have been right on both accounts of those teams going to the conference final but I, I don't think Vegas has taken a huge step forward and getting better. I think they are maybe half a step forward um, and they may even remain where they were or take a step back, depending on what other moves they have to make to get guys there. I mean, the tax part of playing in Vegas, definitely huge. I think it saved Petrangelo almost a million bucks a year. In taxes. Well, the rumor is the blues
1: offered a bigger deal. I think they offered an eight by eight or an eight by yes, sorry, it was an eight by eight, so a sixty-four million dollar deal in total. And but with the taxes in play, the seven-year deal, Petrangelo actually went home with way more money. It worked out to almost a nine point five million dollar deal that St. Louis would have had to give them to offset the tax structure in las vegas so th- that's crazy i get why he goes there and he makes a lot more money and who wouldn't want to live in las vegas
0: yeah yeah I, I just i it doesn't make a lot of sense vegas going after the these pieces when they honestly probably didn't need to if they would have gone after a few more role players popped them in in the in any holes that they may have had i think yeah. they would have been just as fine i don't think they needed to make this move
1: well i look at a guy like TJ Brody they could have got him without moving out a big spot and uh, or a bigger contract and and still had uh, Nate Schmidt like would they have been better that way I I don't know I have my own thoughts on TJ Brody but that's an example of did they really have to get the biggest fish in the market I don't know that they did
0: yeah and even looking at next year's um, cap hits they don't have a lot of RFAs coming up next year. But nothing really changes for them cap wise. On defense, there's about close to a five million. You're going from 23.7 to 18.9 on defense after next next offseason. So still not a lot of room to play to improve that team to next offseason as well.
1: But you're gonna lose Alec Martinez next offseason, most likely, because of this. So not only are you gonna lose Schmidt, you're probably gonna lose Alec Martinez in the long run too to be able to stay cap compliant. And I just, I, I don't get it. I really don't. I feel like they went after a shiny penny when they didn't need to, they already had a good team.
0: Yeah. Yeah, no, I agree. I I don't, I don't understand it. I mean, in the end Vegas stays strong, but yep. Yep. I I don't think they necessarily got that much stronger than they already were.
1: I think they're a better team next year, but I'm a couple years out. I'm not so convinced they're going to be that much better and also towards the end of this deal, when Petrangelo is 36, 37, 8.8 millions could be a pretty hefty price tag when his production might be two thirds of what it is now. So this could have a lot of long-term effects, especially when you think about Nate Schmidt, who, you know, five years from now would still be a lot younger. Are they in a better spot down the road? I, I don't know that they are. Yeah, yeah but for sure. I'd like to revert back to our predictions listings, Ken.
0: Ooh, do we have to? From,
1: from an episode back. And where did you predict that Alex Petrangelo was going to end up?
0: Well, I, I thought he was going to go to a team that had uh, a lot of cap space. So I had him going to Buffalo five years, 50 mil. So I was a little a little over on the price per yeah. year and uh, shy on the years. And and same with me, definitely
1: wrong on the location. Um, I had him going to Colorado. Um, I almost had the contract bang on. I said seven years, 63 million, and he ended up getting seven years, 61.8 million. So That's I guess a little bad. bit of a pat on the back there, but yeah. I definitely didn't have the location correct. Mm-hmm. I had him going to another Western powerhouse in the Colorado avalanche.
0: Yeah. You, you get a fraction of a check mark on that one.
1: Yeah. I get a fraction of a check mark on a couple of the guys on my list, but that may be for another show.
0: Yeah. <laughs> Uh, Ken, who's another guy you want to talk about? Well, I think just because follow him the most on my team, um, the Canucks. Canucks got Braden Holpe on a two-year deal. Um, I, I don't mind it. Um, Sorry, I think
1: you need to expand. Why did they have to get Braden yeah, Holpe?
0: I uh, yeah. I think, or,
1: or is that the next conversation?
0: I think it'll lead into the next one. But uh, okay. Yeah, the Markstrom did did move on, and I'm I'm disappointed, but at the same time. I'm okay with it because he honestly, he deserved to get paid and they just weren't able to get it done in Vancouver. They weren't able to move out some of the <laughs> contracts that I think a lot of Canuck fans would like to see move like Louie Erickson. Some of the um,
1: contracts, I'd say all the contracts.
0: Well, I mean, there's, there's guys that bring value. So there's, unfortunately their contract hit is too much. Um At the time, the Canucks were in a very deep into their rebuild and needed to overpay at the time. And it, it's biting them now. Um but that, some of those veteran leadership leaders like Beagle and and Sutter, you know, Roussel goes out there and does the the dirty work. Um, you need those guys, but not necessarily at four mil each. I think, you know, Sutter's at five, I believe that's a contract off the books next year, but no, they got Holpe at two years, 8.6. And I, I'm, I'm good with that. I don't mind that contract. I think it's unfortunate that Markstrom left. Um, but, I am glad the Canucks made a choice. Uh, they- yeah,
1: they. It's a sh- uh, major difference from what happened with Luongo and and Schneider back in the day. Like they did, hitch their wagon to one guy this time, and that we're speaking of Thatcher Demko. Obviously, they yeah. they decided that he is the future of the team, um, and they were obviously afraid to lose him or Markstrom in the expansion draft next season. Um, So I I can appreciate that they hitched their wagon to a guy this time. Uh, I personally believe they hitched the wagon to the wrong guy this time. Uh, You have a known commodity in Markstrom. He was the backbone of your team for the last two seasons. There's no denying that. And I think the Canucks have significantly downgraded in net. Holtby couldn't couldn't even be the number one in the crease the last two years in Washington. And I know... He did lead the team to a cup a couple years ago, but don't forget, he didn't start that playoff run as the starter. So if Canuck fans think Holtby's going to come in and be an established number one, they're wrong. He's not. It's going to be a platoon and good. It gets Demko more playing time, but you're hitching your wagon to a guy who really hasn't played that much yet. And he had a couple of stellar games in the playoffs and they were phenomenal, but can he do it over the course of a full season? We shall see.
0: Yeah. And I think the the progression the Canucks and Canucks fans have seen from Thatcher Demko over the last couple of years and what he's done in his limited work two years ago, this past season, it has gotten better. And I, the reason I don't have an issue with the whole B contract is there's, there's no no, no trade clause. There's no yep. movement clause. like, they don't have to protect him come the expansion draft. So no, it, and
1: that that that's a good thing. There's clarity there.
0: Yeah, and I, I do like the fact that this will be a platoon. It does give Thatcher Demko um more games. It and again, yeah, Holtby may not have had the greatest past couple of seasons, but it still gives Demko a veteran to help learn from. Like Holby's been around for a while now. He's won a cup, he's been in yep. a, on a good team. Um, I think this is a good developmental move for Thatcher Demko. I don't see this being long-term and maybe who knows Holby has a resurgence. Demko takes a step back. Don't know. This is a guy we have on a two-year deal. You could also look at if it's not going well with Demko and Braden Holby is doing well, you can look to extend them longer and give yep. Demko more time. Um, you know, I think the two-year deal, I don't mind it. I think, that's, I I like that signing for the Canucks.
1: Yeah, the term, I I fully understand the term. It was the right move. I got to give Benning a little bit of credit there. Uh, he doesn't normally get a lot of credit, so I guess giving him some is a good thing. The, the term was bang on. It, a two-year deal takes, walks him right to expansion. You can get rid of him. He can stay. He can be claimed. Eh, but Demko's safe, so I get that. It, it's, it's a smart move there. I just... The Canucks may have entered a window this last off and or sorry, not off this last postseason, and they let the backbone of that window walk with Markstrom between their pipes. There was no ifs ands or buts about goaltending, and now there are a few. There's some question mark, and it, it, if if they're just entering a window, is letting a a stud goalie walk the right move. It might not be like, I do not foresee the Canucks making the playoffs next year with some of the, uh, the things that have happened this off season. And obviously the biggest one being Markstrom, I I think there's going to be a step back, but there could be a huge step forward a couple of years down the road with some more development, but
0: yeah, I, I don't think that the Canucks are out of the woods on the rebuilding time. I think they've taken great, good, good strides. I I had no expectations of them, you know, going deep in the playoffs. And I thought they did, they held in there with Vegas Knights. It wasn't pretty, but you know, they, they did what they had to do to advance uh, in the qualifying round against St. Louis. They, it was ugly, but they stayed in there in game seven against Vegas. So yeah, I I don't think that next season you're, everyone's going to be looking, saying that this is a step forward and they're progressing. This is, I think a holding pattern year. Um, but I do think we will see some of the other prospects come up and get a, get a chance. And you know what, Where with, with where we are in the rebuild. I'm fine with that. I want to see these guys come through and that we've been drafting. Benning has drafted well over the last few seasons has got some guys in the waiting in the wings um, that could be just as skilled and as flashy as Pedersen can be at times. And Hughes, there's some guys coming along Hoglander um, Jack Rathbone, I was Lincoln, I could screw his name up badly, but you know there's guys coming that I think will fit in when some of these bigger contracts on the bottom six start to go.
1: Yeah. Now, Braden Holtby wasn't in our top 10 list of uh, potential free agents. Uh, you actually had to scroll further down the list to get to him, um, so we didn't actually make any predictions on Braden Holtby. Uh, the next player that I want to talk about, we actually did make predictions and. I'm actually I was flabbergasted when I saw this signing and the guy I want to talk about is Taylor Hall. I yeah. I am stunned that he chose. When I saw the news, I was stunned that he chose to go to Buffalo and he actually chose to go on a somewhat reasonable one-year deal. You know, 8 million for a an, an ex-Hart Trophy winner isn't outrageous. The term to me is outrageous. Why, why he only signed for one year. You know, he, I'm sure he had multi-year, huge money deals on the table. And it, what else flabbergasted me is he said he wanted to win and he was willing to take a short year or short term deal to win. Well, you signed in Buffalo.
0: Yeah. Um Very surprising. Like this is Taylor Hall's fourth team. This is not his second. This is not his third. He's a former first overall pick that signed a one-year deal that if he does not re-up in Buffalo next offseason, he will be on his fifth team. Yep. I mean, I uh, I can't think of any first overall pick that has been on five different teams, and he's still considerably young. Like he's, well, Nail
1: Yakupov, but those are five different teams, not in the NHL.
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think he was really only on one and a half in the NHL. Um, <laughs> yeah, I don't get it. I get that, you know, there was a relationship with Ralph Kruger that he enjoyed playing with him in Edmonton. Um, and a lot of those younger players didn't think he got a fair shake uh, coaching. Uh, apparently the, all the younger players at the time enjoyed playing for Ralph Kruger in the system. Yep. But it, like you said, with Vegas, the Oilers found a shinier coach and, and replaced them. Uh, Cause then he had the shortened season as well. Like he only had. Four yeah. Years he and... only
1: played with them in the, the shortened season. So what, I think 48 games, and yeah. he was a point-of-game player under him. He loved playing for Ralph Krueger. So I can understand the wanting a little bit of familiarity, and it's clear Taylor Hall's betting on himself to go out and put up huge points playing alongside Jack Eichel. <clears throat> but if the Buffalo Sabres don't make the playoffs next year, and that's a very real possibility, if they don't make the playoffs, has he actually gone and hurt his value, even if he goes and lights it up? that would just be another team that he's played on that is not a playoff contender that could have significant effect on his next contract.
0: Well, I'm just, just looking at it. He has a no movement clause. So we are, let's, let's play hypothetical. We're, We're two weeks away from the trade deadline. Buffalo Sabres are nowhere near a playoff spot. And maybe he has lit it up with Jack Eichel and he's, you know, point and a half, two points a game, you know, Putting the puck in the net but they can't keep it out so does he say i'll waive my no movement clause to go to a contender
1: absolutely he does i think part of the reason he wanted a no move clause was so that if it's not going well in buffalo at the deadline he can control where he goes and i think that's the whole reason he wants that no movement clause because he can say no trade me to uh, trade me to the calgary flames because they're in first in the west or trade me to vancouver or heaven forbid trade me back to Edmonton because you know they're near the top of their division I think that's the whole reason he wanted a no move
0: or Vegas somehow finds a way to pull off this deal too who knows
1: because another thing to look at is last year he didn't and he ended up in Phoenix he may have looked at that move and gone wow like I need to have control over where I can play because that turned into an absolute dud of a move for for both sides and yeah. he may want to make sure he doesn't have that type of scenario again.
0: Like Buffalo brought in, oh, they, got, they got Cody Eakin. They brought in Eric Stahl through trade. Um, Tobias Reeder. No knocking Tobias. Sorry? No knocking no, Tobias. No, no, I no, not. I'm not. I'm not. I'm just saying they didn't make a lot of moves to light up their team into a contender. You know, they, they've they got Carter Hutton in goal. Linus Olmark still needs to be signed. They got the money to do it. Um, they still got 13 and a half million to spend. I still just, I don't, it, it is a baffling contract to one year, $8 million. I, I don't get it.
1: it it's unbelievable that, a, a top flight free agent would only sign a one year deal in today's NHL. You just sure you saw it, the Solanis and the Koreas in the 2000s or whatever, but you just don't see that anymore. No, and dude, those, Tyson those Barry doesn't... did the same thing. I I, I get that the COVID has had an impact on contracts, but surely there was a better contract than that out.
0: Yeah. I mean, Solani and Paul Korea were doing it near the end of their career. They were kind yes. of chasing cups a little bit, trying to get what they hadn't got in their time. So yeah, I just, I mean, you, I, I said, I, my big prediction for a free agency was that there going to be a lot of short-term deals. Yeah. You were right three, on that one. Three year range. And I did not include Taylor Hall. I mean, I had him going to Colorado on a three-year deal for 21 mil, Yeah, um, which I had him going to
1: Montreal on a six-year deal worth 8.35, which I was way off.
0: I was a little disappointed because apparently there were talks on a three-year deal with Colorado for Hall, And I'm like, (laughs) really, really? I just need one. Just give me one. And I couldn't even get that. So
1: yeah, I was close (laughs) on the money, but definitely nowhere near on the term. Yeah, I was all I don't think there was a professional hockey prognosticator who was, who, who got this one even close
0: Eckland I mean, oh, his, uh, yeah, sure.
1: his are
0: so, his are so far out there. Sometimes it very well could have been. Um, yeah, no, I don't, I don't think we would have put a K or T five next to Hall the Buffalo. Nope.
1: Well, who do you want to talk about
0: next? Ken? Uh, I think for myself, I mean, Tory Krug. you know, he, he went to St. Louis on a shutting uh, the
1: door on Angelo.
0: I, I think that door was shut pretty quick, honestly. I think there was... They knew. Um, I think St. Louis knew he wasn't coming back because apparently, from what I read um, and saw... I can't remember if this is one that you sent me or... I yeah, just saw the tampering
1: on Twi- charges?
0: No, no, not the tampering oh. ones. About Benning leaving the office uh, on Saturday having the Schmidt deal in place. So it sounds like fairly early in free agency, Vegas knew that they were getting Petrangelo and yeah. St. Louis made a choice to move on. Yeah. So, I mean, for myself, I got the term right. I got seven years, wrong team. And uh, I, I had paid him. Apparently I'd be a very good GM to the players because I had him making 59 and a half. So did Ottawa. I. I had
1: the exact same contract that you yeah. did. I had him going to the Devils. I never in a million years would have guessed St. Louis because no. I also figured St. Louis would potentially want to re-up Petrangelo. But I, uh, to me, St. Louis did good here. They saved themselves roughly $3 million on the salary cap and have a still have a top parent defender. This, in my opinion, is a phenomenal move by St. Louis. Yeah, You knew Petrangelo was gone and you went and got the next best thing. So good on him.
0: Yeah, no, I I St. Louis did not lose anything on defense in this in this deal. Um, he's 29. He signed through 26, 27, both he and Justin Falk on the same deal. Um, I mean, and you got Colton Perry Perry oh, wow Perry Aiko back there too. Um the Blues are stacked. The blues are and their have defense, defense core
1: is good. They're like yeah. they did not lose anything by having Petroangelo leave, maybe some leadership. He was the captain. But on the ice, they they're fine. They didn't yeah. lose anything. They're still a Stanley Cup contender going into next season.
0: Yeah, uh, they they're they kind of set right now. They're going to have some work to do. Um, well, they they got to move some money because right now they're they're a million over the cap, so someone's going to have to go. Um, but they're pretty much set for this season. Come next year, it's going to be a they got some UFA's and RFA's to sign, but they uh, I think they're they're set in up a good well.
1: situation. Yeah. They're in a very good situation. I, they're a, they're a kind of a team where I can look to them. I'm sure you as a Canucks fan, me as a Flames fan, five years ago they were kind of where our teams were. They were on the fringe of it, and now you know they've made some a couple of good moves. Some guys have developed, and they're a perennial contender every year now. And they've they've done a, a tremendous job in St. Louis, and they've won a Stanley Cup. So yeah. nobody can fault them for what they've done. And they identified they were about to lose one of their best players and they struck fast. And that's a sign of a good GM. They've, they don't have any terrible contracts on the books. Really. They, they got rid of Jake Allen, which to me was a terrible contract for a backup and they're just a well-run organization and they're going to be in the mix for years to come.
0: Yeah. And that's uh that's going to be a tough one. Cause we, you know, in the West, we do see them a bit, and yeah, yes, unfortunately, playoffs, playoffs you do got to go through them. I mean, it's uh, they didn't get any worse, and that's no, nope, like not see that. not at all. Yeah, when it comes to teams in our conference, that's not what you want to see. You want to see a mass exodus.
1: <laughs> yep. So the next name that I want to discuss is, and this wasn't uh, so much a UFA signing, but it might as well have been because it was more or less a, a trade and a sign, and, and that's Matt Murray in Ottawa. Um, I understand the move from Ottawa's perspective of making the trade with Pittsburgh. They really didn't pay a whole lot to get him. Was it a second-round pick they gave him um, to get a a two-time Stanley Cup winning goaltender? Um, Now, to be fair, he does get injured quite often, so there's kind of that caveat there that he's got to stay on the ice to have an effect. Um, Ottawa got themselves a, a legit number one goalie when he's healthy. I do have a bit of an issue with the contract. Um, the term, not so much, but the the dollar value here, we got a four year, $25 million deal at six and a quarter a year. Well, that's more than the best goalie in free agency got this off season in Jacob Markstrom. He Markstrom got 6 million. You're telling me Matt Murray's worth more. i I question the dollar figure. I, I don't question the move. I question the dollar figure.
0: Well, I think, I mean, let's be honest. The Ottawa Senators are not necessarily a team looking to get all that much better. I think they are um, in the process of collecting some contracts that are on the higher side. They picked up good Branson in a trade. That is a salary pickup as opposed to improving your defense um, they picked
1: up dad which to me is a very
0: good move it is and that, i have that's the one i'm looking at right now because i you know he was on our list and i i had him signing a three-year 18 million dollar deal in with the rangers and he got a three-year 15 million dollar deal from the Sens. yeah i had he, a five-year
1: 23 million dollar deal with the flames actually I was close on the money with Dadenoff. I said four point seven five million, and he ended up getting five.
0: Yeah, I, was... I didn't
1: expect Ottawa to be the team, but you said it. You thought Ottawa was going to be buyers, and they did. They were. They absolutely were. Between Murray and Dadenoff, those are significant additions.
0: Yeah, and I think like they've collected dead contracts in the past to hit the cap floor, and I think Murray was a uh, well to keep ourselves there. Some of those expired. We'll overpay. I, I agree. I don't think he. Yeah, two cups. I think it is a, a bigger contract than it should be dollar yep. wise.
1: I think Ottawa this offseason, kind of between the draft and free agency, has actually done a really good job. And I know for the longest time they've been the laughing stock of the NHL. I think this offseason has given them a little bit of legitimacy. You know, they three first round picks, uh, Stutzla, you other know, than he broke his hand or arm or whatever, it looks like the real deal. They now have a goalie, they have a top line right winger. You know, they got Shabbat, who looks like a legit number one defenseman. Like, this is a team that has some pieces now. I'm not by any means saying they're a contender, but I think they're trending in a better direction, and they could fight for a playoff spot.
0: Yeah, I think this te- this team's still a ways away from competing at the upper levels in the standings, but they do have pieces coming that in three, four years, once the- this draft class that they just picked up, has developed some yeah um they could be i mean we'll have to wait and see what happens but you know i think they did get their goaltending piece and that's the one thing you always you gotta have a goaltender it doesn't matter if you can score five goals a game if you're letting in six or seven it doesn't matter you gotta be able to keep it out in yeah yeah so it's it's uh Hopefully it works out for Ottawa because, I mean, as a Canadian team, you don't want to see them doing poorly. I know the fan base there is not a fan of ownership, that's for sure.
1: Oh, that's an understatement.
0: Yeah, yeah. They, uh, I mean, when your fans are paying for billboards saying they want a new owner, um, you know, who knows, maybe we're going back to the old logo uh, full-time will ease some tensions, but... uh, Well, hopefully
1: they don't go back to the old record that came along with that logo where they were only winning seven to ten games a season.
0: (laughs) Maybe that's why, maybe they're trying to, you know, have everyone reminisce of the good old days when, Hey, that was the norm because we're new. Um, But yeah, so, and with that, the new jerseys, apparently I saw there may have been a leak of who they're naming captain. Uh, Apparently there was a Jersey leak of a Brady Kachuk jersey, a new number seven sends home uh, edition with a, a C on it. Yeah, I could see that. So
1: he'd be following in his brother's footstep who will be captain in Calgary most likely in two years. So,
0: but it, I don't, I, to me, like he's only been in the league three years. I, I think that's, I know it's a young team, but if it is, it does come to fruition. I think for myself, that's, I don't like seeing the young players have that much extra pressure put on them of yeah being named captain. I mean, if you're a leader, you're a leader. It doesn't matter, but the expectations that come with it as officially being named captain, that's a, that's a big, big, uh, stress to bear. Yep. So what other
1: uh, contract caught your eye, Ken?
0: Well, I think one that kind of caught my attention and just kind of a little surprising at the development Nolan Patrick getting a one year RFA deal for 874 This is what he
1: signed it. He signed his I, qualifying offer.
0: I know. And that's a, like this guy was taken second overall and three years. And just the fact that we're talking a one year, less than a million dollar deal is kind of surprising. It was just surprising that, you know, looking at this is where he, he was at. And I think that, that for me, it was just a little bit of a shock. He definitely was not on our list of 10, 11 players we had, but as an RFA deal, it was just a little, you know, just a little shock to see that.
1: Yeah. I, I I'm not going to lie. When I saw it come across the ticker the other day where it said, Nolan Patrick agrees to qualifying offer. I kind of had to do a double take on that. And I was like, really? He, a, he, had to take a qualifying offer and hadn't been re-signed like you just don't see that He, like you said he's a former number two overall pick with the philadelphia flyers he he's in a situation where he's gotten to play some high-end minutes with some high-end talent and it it, honestly i'm not gonna lie i haven't followed the career of nolan patrick that closely but i was shocked when i saw that little tidbit that he had to sign a qualifying offer there wasn't a better opportunity for him to sign at least a, a shorter term extension with Philly. I'm, I was surprised. I'm, I'm with you on that one.
0: Yeah. Yeah. So that, that for me, that was just one of them, just a bit of say shock. Like, yeah. And again, I'm in the same boat. I don't follow the flyers that much. So yeah. Like just see that draft class though. It just really seems to be, you don't hear even Nico Heischer in New Jersey. His name is not out there. He's tearing up yeah. the league. So He's a solid
1: player, but he's definitely not the Austin Matthews or Connor
0: McDavid type
1: first overall pick. That's for sure.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Not seeing that right now. A couple of guys in those draft spots just aren't uh, necessarily lighting it up. Yeah. What do you got? Who's your next one that you wanted to uh, take a look at?
1: Well, Ken, I I have to discuss that. It's actually a pair of signings. Uh, You knew this one was coming. I did. I did.
0: Mark Sherman
1: to Calgary. It, you know, Markstrom, to me, more or most importantly, is I can't even believe he got to free agency. Uh, in our predictions, both you and I had predicted that he would end up back in Vancouver. We didn't see it coming. We were both kind of, kind of flabbergasted, to be honest, when last Friday rolled around and there hadn't been a contract for him. Um, and like I said, we both predicted he'd go back to Vancouver. It just seemed like a foregone conclusion. Like he was, and I said it earlier, the backbone of your team and you let him walk and I get it I understand the politics around why and the expansion draft but let's face it he was the best goalie available and the Calgary Flames got him and they got him at a relatively reasonable price too—six six million dollars for a legit number one goaltender is a good value deal especially when you think of Bobrovsky last season he got 10 million dollars in the open market and I'm sorry markstrom is heads and tails above um uh so this to me was fine gm work by by true living in calgary and it was there was always this rumbling and i said it in our prediction show i said if he gets to free agency he will end up in calgary you can go back and listen to it i said if he gets there he's a flame and that is exactly what happened and it was known from the start, like almost as free agency started, the Markstrom to Calgary was was almost done. I know Edmonton had an early push in there and thank God he didn't end up there because that would have been a kick in the teeth for both of us. Yeah. <laughs> but it was it, it was a done deal almost from the start. And the fit is just incredible in my opinion.
0: Well, I think Edmonton, he offered him a, either a seven heard- by six or a six by seven. They, he he left money on the table to not go to Edmonton. I
1: heard it was seven by five, so it was okay. essentially the same money, just uh, one year longer in Edmonton. But it was actually more money in a shorter period in Calgary. That's that's what I heard. Obviously, I'm not an NHL insider, but
0: yeah, no, we we usually get our stuff from the <laughs> insiders and true experts. We just we just play pretend. Um. Yeah, I mean, as I said when we we're talking about Holby, there, I a hundred percent feel it and agree that Markstrom deserved to get paid, and unfortunately, um, it did not happen in Vancouver. Um,
1: and even worse, it happened
0: with Calgary. Yeah, and that's always tough. I mean, you don't ever want to trade within your division unless you're Vegas, um, because you don't want to help, you know, give your rival someone who's really going to help them out. And I think that's exactly what. Uh, um marks was going to do to calgary he he i getting to watch him develop from when he came over from florida um for the long he has taken massive strides to become one of the top goaltenders in the league 100 um you know i think he he has definitely become a top flight goaltender and you guys got a good one there i, I i'm disappointed that he didn't resign but i am glad he got paid
1: I'm glad he got paid too, and I can't wait to see him shut the Canucks out a couple times this season.
0: Hey, you gotta remember, we practice against him for how long? We know we know where to shoot. <laughs> what you I like those games move. off.
1: Yeah, what I liked about the move was it legitimizes legitimizes a goaltending position in Calgary that we haven't had in years. And I've seen, I think Markstrom is now the the 19th goalie that we've had since Mika Kippersoff retired, and uh, and Louis Domingue as well another Vancouver guy coming our way.
0: Hey, um, I, I hope Louie continues to make pies and fattens up your team and they all become slower. <laughs>
1: <laughs> but I just, we haven't had a goalie and I'm sorry, there's been some bad players between the pipes in Calgary that, you know, it, it always seems like it's a stopgap, and it's so nice to finally have a legitimate guy between our pipes. And let's face it, David Redditch was not going to be the number one guy here. The last two playoffs proved that Calgary ownership and management didn't believe in him because he wasn't even the starting goalie. And so I think we have one of the best goalie tandems heading into next year with Riddich. But we needed to solidify that position. And Treleving for years has been trying to, and and he's finally done it. And uh, Markstrom can single-handedly just steal you points in game. And that's what I'm most excited about. We haven't seen that since Kippersoff. And it's just tremendously exciting. And the second move of the uh, West Coast invasion to Calgary was Tanev signing a four-year, 4.5 million per season, was it 4.5 per season in Calgary, which to me filled another organizational need. Um, I know the fan base in Calgary wasn't as excited about this move. Uh, They felt like it was a little bit of an overpay. Um, sure, it might have been, but when you're talking about free agency, well, you always have to pay a little bit more. It's it's the price to pay for not having to give up pieces to acquire guys. So I look at Tanne not so much as a replacement for TJ Brody, but as an upgrade over what we had in Travis Hamonic. Yeah, I, mean, I think he's a better version of Hamonic.
0: Chris Tanne at four and a half million a year, you're getting an absolute warrior when it comes to a, a player. Um, he he is not missing those teeth because he, you know, stays out of the way of shots and things like that. He gets in there. He is, he is a beast. Um, you know, Quinn Hughes said it. He he loved playing with Chris Tanev. You know, I think they were, they were joking around how they, you know, Hughes called him dad. You know, he was like he learning from him, things like that. He's a great team player. Um, And it is, it is a loss for the Canucks. I mean, they brought Schmidt in, but it's still, if you could do, bring Schmidt in and keep Tanev, I mean, would have loved to have seen that. But I think, you know, Chris Tanev is just a guy that he's only played 70 games um, in one season. That's his most. But because he does play so hard, he does get injured at times. And yeah. Yeah. Even as a Canucks man, I, I don't care. I mean, Chris Tanev healthy for or as healthy as can be for 70 games or 65, whatever it is, um, you're getting more out of him than some guys you get out of 82. Yeah. So... He is a very good defenseman, solid, dependable, um, doesn't make a lot of mistakes. So, I mean, yeah, it was a loss for the Canucks for sure. And uh, definitely a good signing for Calgary.
1: I like the move from a Flames perspective. It filled the organizational need. We needed right shot defender, And everybody was upset about TJ Brody leaving. I personally am not. Uh, I think he was filling a position that Rasmus Anderson is legitimately going to move into as one of the top pairing defenders on this team. So Brody was kind of in his developmental way. And so the team made a decision. They were going to move on from Brody and Hamanek most likely, and they were going to upgrade Hamanek with Tanev and Brody with more minutes for Rasmus Anderson. And I think that was the right call and $4.5 million in my opinion for a top four defender isn't outrageous. And I know people in Calgary weren't as excited about this deal I don't fully understand it. You brought in a top four defender, a right shot, which was seriously lacking. And we still filled that, you know, the need of the the, the loss of Hammonick's kind of presence and physicality. Well, we gained that back with Tanev. And, and so to me, we've upgraded Hammonick with Tanev. So I can't really fault the move that much.
0: Yeah. So before I go into the, the, one last, the one piece that I kind of want to talk about, you brought up Tree Living taking a bit of a hit from the fans on signing Tanev. I mean, as a Canucks fan, I mean, I'm fully honest here when I say, has Benning made 100% smart moves? No. Has Benning made good moves throughout? Yes. Has he? He's also made bad ones. Every GM does. Yeah. Yet we're talking it's Saturday afternoon of day two of free agency. And the dumpster fires were just a blazing in Vancouver media and fans over the reaction of everything that, that had kind of gone down. It was day two. Even day three, day four, like it's less than a week into free agency, and Twitter is just blasting Jim Benning on his moves or lack thereof. And oh, how do you do this? The only one I kind of will say, yeah, I kind of agree how you, how do you not get this done was Troy Stetcher signing in Detroit for two years at 1.7. Yeah. That part I don't get. I, that one I can say, you got to fit that in there. But to just jump on the back. And you know, call for his head on a, you know, to be fired, all that kind of stuff. I was just like, wow, like, calm it down here, guys. It's day two, day three. Like, there was no period to talk to free agents beforehand this year. So, you didn't have the 120,000 signings within the first hour of free agency because those conversations weren't happening this time around. So, it is going to take longer. It is going to, and You got to give them time to talk, time to figure things out, find deals, make moves. So I was just, I kind of was kind of getting a little, a little annoyed with that. Just how quick it was like, guys, like we're not talking, we're not three weeks into the season and we're missing pieces here. Yeah. We haven't even hit a date of when we're starting camp.
1: Well, it's part of the joys of being a Canadian or a a GM for a Canadian team where you have passionate fan bases. (laughs) Yeah. Well, right or wrong they their passionate fan bases
0: yeah and that's a kind of my one my next piece i want to talk about was sticking with a canadian team and not just one player but a couple of them toronto maple league and free agents i don't really know what they're doing i mean yeah they don't have a lot of money to spend i mean right now they're signing a lot of seven hundred thousand dollar deals um they only got one and a half million in cap space to play with yeah thanks to having you know Four guys at almost forty million in, in forwards, uh, but they brought in Wayne Simmons. He's thirty-two on a one and a half million dollar deal. They got Jimmy Vesey on a nine hundred thousand dollar deal for one year. They re-up Spessa at thirty-seven years old for seven hundred thousand, and then they go out and get Joe Thornton, forty-one, seven hundred thousand. Like, are they? I mean, it's like Minnesota was trying to get all the Minnesota guys. Toronto's trying to get all the Toronto guys. Like, yeah.
1: This, well, isn't po- this isn't Brody. pokemon
0: yeah this isn't pokemon you don't got to collect them all right like i don't get it i don't understand how you know wayne simmons is only 32 but he has not had and he's got a no trade clause so there's that i mean they all do well spets has got the three because of the age right yeah, spets is yeah. 35 plus so he's got that clause in there thornton is 35 plus plus, and he's, got no plus, t- plus, plus. Yeah, he's got a no movement clause yeah he's got no movement clause yeah so and so it just doesn't make a lot of sense on why you're keeping these older guys and not giving younger guys on maybe entry level contracts a chance to come up and play because you've put yourself in a position where you don't yeah. have a lot of room to navigate. Um, well, one
1: of the things I don't understand about what they've done is they needed to create cap room. So they traded was uh G- uh Johnson or Johansson or whatever. Yeah. Well they they spent that cap space on Joe Thornton, Wayne Simmons. Like y- you went from young and fast to old and slow.
0: Yeah, they brought uh, in Pagosian that... for a million dollars on the one year.
1: Yeah. Sorry, I forgot about Pagosian, yeah.
0: <clears throat> I mean, of course everyone in Toronto was, you know, loving it and how this is the moves that are gonna put them over the top, but
1: I, 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 I understand wanting to add uh, leadership and character. I understand that. The model that the Leafs have been working on hasn't been working. Their young guys are overwhelmed in the playoffs quite often. I get that. I've, I, I, I can see them wanting to bring in, but I thought they did that with, with Simmons. But then yeah. they went and brought in uh, Bogosian, who I'm sorry, that's going to be a tire fire in, Edmund, or in uh, Toronto. He is not as good as um, as people think he is. Sure, he won a Stanley Cup, but you know Winnipeg couldn't wait to get rid of him. And I just that's not going to go well. Well,
0: Buffalo did. Buffalo bought him out during the season. He wasn't up. even playing. Yeah, and then Buffalo he ended up in Tampa.
1: Up. Yeah, Tampa didn't resign him. Like I'm sorry if you're expecting Bogosian to play top six minutes, you're in trouble. And then the biggest uh, kind of one to me is the TJ Brody move. Uh, Toronto media has made it sound like they signed Bobby Orr. Uh, I don't know what they think they're getting in TJ Brody, that he is not a legit top pairing defenseman. Sure. He played it in Calgary. He played it alongside one of the best defenders in the game in Mark Giordano. Uh, you're not going to get the same quality minutes out of Brody, uh, not playing with Giordano as he's probably going to get playing with Morgan Riley. Like, no. I, I don't know what they think they've signed, but he was a whipping boy in Calgary for large portions of his career because he made a lot of mistakes and I'll give him some credit. He played well in the second half of last season after he had his incident on the ice, he played well. I'll give him credit, but to throw $5 million a season at him is scary in my opinion. And you think he was a whipping boy in Calgary. You wait until the Toronto media sees some of the gaffes he makes and they'll they're going to crucify him.
0: Yeah. But you got to remember everything the Maple Leafs touch turns to gold, right? So, sure. Yeah. I think, well, I mean, let's be honest. I mean, moving on from the Leafs, I think we know who's going to win the Stanley Cup for the next three seasons. And that is, you know, the one last guy that I kind of take a look at is Patrick Maroon signed a three year deal finally. He got a multi year deal with Tampa. Yeah. So, <laughs> he gets to at least keep his address for four years. Yeah. Um, so,
1: five more Stanley or three more Stanley Cups for Maroon, five in yeah, total. Yeah.
0: yeah. <laughs> And if it happens, they just remember you. You heard it here first. Um, he he has the golden touch right now. He he does. Yeah, he's been on back to back Stanley Cup winning teams that were not the same. St. Louis and now Tampa. So yeah, yeah. He he got he got paid. He got a he got some years on that deal this time.
1: I was surprised he got term, but good on him. That's that's a, a good move for a team that's up against the cap and had to do something. And they let some they let a couple guys walk, and obviously they still have to make some significant moves. But oh, they're a cap post. they're they're a cup contender.
0: Yeah, Stamkos is being rumored to be move, moved moved yeah. uh, by the team. And I think that's a that's a tough one because I mean he's a great player, but that's not gonna No. I mean, you'd want him as long as you could guarantee his health. Yeah. So it's been interesting. We're we're just a little over a week through uh through free agency. And well, I mean, I think out of the eleven players we had on our list, because Leonard had signed before we had uh made our predictions, he, he's so far the only one that was correct.
1: <laughs> yep, me uh, too.
0: We still have Hoffman and Hall out there, but no, we uh, the uh, the record so far is not very good. <laughs>
1: yeah, we're batting
0: about zero. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> we're one for nine right now. That's uh, we could be catchers for the Jays.
1: But make sure you go back and listen to our episode on projections to see yeah. if we're right or not.
0: <laughs> yeah, to see how you can just see what what we thought, why, and well, how it actually went. So
1: and why we were wrong.
0: Yeah. In some cases, very, very wrong. <laughs> um, but yeah, so I mean, what do you think is the next to drop in free agency, Trev? Uh,
1: it's got to be Mike Hoffman, but a lot of rumors he's he's looking at a one year deal. So maybe he goes to Buffalo on a one year deal and shocks us all. But uh, it's got to be Hoffman or Halla. I, I think would be the next guys to go, and they're the they're the significant guys kind of left. So
0: yeah, I think uh, we're still going to see some. I mean. The Tyler Johnson saga, is that over in Tampa? I mean, they put him on waivers and no one touched him, um, but does he still get moved? Is, is Vegas still out there making moves, trading some of their core guys to make roster spots for, for others or just get cap cap space? Um, we know Robin Leonard is not going to be starting the season. He, he had surgery, so they got to keep Fleury now for a little bit. But that's a, that's a big cap hitting goal for the Golden Knights.
1: Yep. Well, the exciting thing for us is there's still some teams who have to make some significant moves, and I do anticipate more significant moves. So that will give us, you know, things to talk about in future shows.
0: Yeah, for sure. I mean, more to talk about who signs where, but also things we start breaking down uh, team by team and what we can expect in the coming season, whenever that is. Actually, before we go, what do you think of Bill Foley dropping the uh, the the Canadian division when asked about facing the Canucks and Schmidt?
1: I completely not unexpected. I think it's kind of been rumored for a while. It makes sense if the border doesn't open. And as of right now, I don't think it should. Uh, there's not really going to be a choice. Um, yeah. I'm not overly excited about, you know, having to play the Maple Leafs and senators and Canadians and Canucks and Oilers 10 times each. I think that's going to get uh awfully repetitive um, and it could get boring to be brutally honest. yeah. Um, good thing the battle of Alberta uh, heated up a little bit last year. Maybe we'll get 10 line brawls, but I'm, <laughs> I'm not looking forward to it. I'm, I'm looking forward to hockey being back, but you know, I, I am not looking forward to 60 games
0: against five teams. No, no. It's um, and well. And the thing too is i I heard the number 48 thrown around that maybe yep. it's a 48 game season to get us back on a regular schedule. So yep. there's that too. There's a lot lot of uncertainty to come. But I think um, kind of hitting the end here. So as always, um, thanks for listening. If you have any questions, comments, hit us up at the Facebook page, uh, the Bleacher Connection with Ken and Trevor, our email, thebleacherconnection at gmail.com. On Twitter, I am
1: thebleachercon2. And I am thebleachercon1. And don't forget to check out the Unhinged Sports
0: Network. Yeah, check us out. We will be Tuesdays at noon. So listen in. Listen to the other podcasts on the network as well and uh, give them some support.
1: Thanks everybody for listening.
0: All right. Thanks for listening, everyone.